Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Welcome to another episode of People with Purpose. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Julie Hogbin, who's a business coach, speaker, author, and mentor uh, with a real passion for creating and supporting leaders who role model the way through uh, what Julie calls conscious uh, leadership. So, Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to today. Excellent. Good, good, good. Me too, me too. So, uh, tell us what you're working on now. Um, what am I working on? It's, it's really interesting. So I've been talking about conscious leadership for years in reality. Um, as my background is what I do and I have done for decades. And I've suddenly thought that rather than just being conscious leadership, I need to create something that is solid and sound. So I'm working on creating the conscious leadership code which will become a program, which will become um, an online program that people can access whenever they want to access it at any level within business and then potentially potentially there'll be a mastermind on the back of it Um, but I'm seriously looking at just getting the information that's in my head out of my head and out to as many people as I can get to so that they can access the knowledge that I've got in my head because if it stays in here it's not helping anybody but me and that feels a bit selfish to me right excellent so so what what is conscious leadership oh conscious leadership is really at its basic core level it's understanding why you make the decisions you make it is understanding what drives you as the individual that you are that i am that you are that you know individuals are it is looking at our values looking at our principles, designing our principles, working with our values, designing our principles to get the best result, not just for us as the individual, but for all of those around us. So conscious leadership is leadership in its, in its I'm going to say, purest format, leading self first to lead others. And it's very practical, as well as being a little bit woo because you do have to dig deep, you do have to work with your unconscious, you do have to look back and identify why it is why it is that you do what you do, mm. what's the root cause of doing what you do, and then if that is not serving you and not getting you the best result, change it. Mm. So it's a very practical, quite hard thing that is around leading yourself consciously yeah. rather than 95% habit, which is unconscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's its core base. That sounds really powerful because, um, yeah. Well, you know, every every day you get up, you you do your thing. You kind of you're into it. You're into the kind of, uh, I suppose, automatic routine of it, aren't you? And and yeah. and there's this whole thing about, uh, you know, I've heard it called intentionality. So being in very intentional about everything that you do, and uh, and yeah, get, getting into that level of leadership. Um, whether it's for yourself or for a big team, so it kind of starts with you, doesn't it? So, so yeah, you've got to start with that self awareness bit. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it has to start with you. And I, I've worked for over three decades teaching leaders and managers in business across the public, the private and the entrepreneurial sector. And those that get the best result are those that are most self-aware and are willing and able to change. It used to be called situational leadership. And when I first heard about that, I thought, what on earth does that mean? Why would you change what you did in a certain situation? Well, of course you have to. But it's with the intent of still getting to the main result. It's not changing because you can change. It's changing because how you operate isn't getting the best result for you and or the other person and or the business. So it's it's not changing. It's not changing your values and your principles. It's changing the behaviours to interact well with other people yeah and uh there's this thing that that i've used a couple of times in a couple of different businesses called insights discovery yeah and and and, and the prince but that's a kind of a, a young sort of based you know wheel insights discovery wheel where you, you kind of you've got personality types but there's that, that awareness of what sort of personality type you are uh, and being able to have a bit of a radar for what kind of personality type other people might have so that you can give them what they need to get the best outcomes rather than um, was it so the, the the bible says treat treat others as 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 you want to be treated but in a way it's about treating others as they want to be treated so that you can work together more effectively build that rapport build that relationship and get get the best results yeah, absolutely. I, I use two. I've used many. I've used a few over the years, but um, I now use one that's called Contribution Compass. And again, it's a, it's a based in 2,000-year-old, the I Ching, um, Chinese philosophy. But it identifies who, it identifies our profile and then how that profile interacts with the others. There's eight around the, the, the cycle. Um, and that really is about who are we? You know, there's no right, no wrong, there's different. Nothing is perfect, we're different. And then how do we interact? So I use that one. And that gives you um, a team, if you like, an ideal team makeup. So for those anybody that's going into a joint venture partner or just building a business, it actually identifies who you are, and then who your first recruit needs to be, so that you're not, you're not totally the same, because that you're not going to get the best result, you need somebody that compliments you with you know skills and, and other stuff and then the other one I use um it's called relationship awareness theory and I love it absolutely love it it's 20 questions the first 10 questions you answer from when everything is going well in your life and the second 10 questions you answer from when you're in conflict and it gives you where you start to where you go within conflict because when we're in conflict it doesn't have to be with the other person can be with ourselves something external we carry that with us because it 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 changes how we operate and for some people you will know they're in conflict and other people you just won't mm. so this this is 20 questions is really powerful because it looks at there's over a million positions on on the on the um, graph if you like mm. it talks about it it links into your values so your values are what drive your behaviors so I, they're the two I use, um, and both of them are phenomenal. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. And it's it's really, 
interesting as well when you're looking at bringing people into your team. Uh, I, I, I've never been a, a big fan of of overusing or just slavishly using a kind of like a personality profile as, as part of a recruitment uh, process. But actually, if you can find one that that, that suits you and your you know, objectives, your business, or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Actually, even just going through the process of 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 both doing a profile. If it saves two of you, you know, you doing a profile, the other person doing a profile, and then seeing how that process works. Because being open and receptive to learning about yourself and getting feedback from other people and 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 from a kind of a, a profiler. Uh, is actually quite a big indicator for me about how open somebody is going to be to to feedback or to being able to adapt their approach when you're then in the heat of it and you know you're going after it when things get tense as they undoubtedly will at some point it kind of prepares you for those those conversations yes. when you really need it yeah um the either or i mean contribution compass you know exactly even before you start because conflict's natural, conflict's normal. The longer you're with someone, the more conflict you're going to have. You're absolutely going to have conflict within a working environment. If and if you don't, there's something not right. Because it, it, you know, we're not always we're not always on the same path. We don't always achieve the standard or the goal or whatever it is that we're that we're there to do. We don't always achieve it. So there is naturally going to be conflict. And, and with the contribution compass one. It tells you in advance, well, both of them do actually, but it tells you in advance where you are going to be in conflict with somebody. You know, one profile is going to dot the I's, cross the T's, they're going to investigate a, a spreadsheet to the nth degree. And the other one is one of the other profiles is just going to cup up with so many ideas. Those two personalities, when they know that in advance of each other, can give each other space to do what's required to be done. And there's also a difference in the language of how those different types of personalities talk. You know, some energies are really high and spiky and others are very grounded and soft. So knowing that in advance really helps. Yeah. It just helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I've some of the some of the uh, most productive uh, both business actually and and you know in other projects outside of work you know with music and, and all those sorts of things some of the most productive relationships that I've had uh, have not been with people who've been exactly like me there's always been that yes. bit of bit of bit of tension that bit of what do they call it grist grist in the mill or whatever it is uh, um so to 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 get to get things get things moving so so yeah, yeah. so been able to harness that as a force for good as opposed yeah. to it kind of ending up in yeah. in, in verbal or, or 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 blows or whatever is is definitely definitely really yeah. where, where there's a lot of power i ju- i just think it's one of those things if we all accept that conflict is going to happen and then we know how to deal with it rather than running away with it. Mm. You get far better results. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You know, co- conflict is not conflict can come because people are trying to help you, but you've not asked for the help, so it's seen as interference. Yeah. And and then you're like, I didn't ask for your help. <laughs> oh, you leave me alone, type thing. Mm. But knowing that in advance and being able to have that conversation is really powerful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, really powerful and nipping it in the bud, yeah. whatever it is. It's not being, it's not micromanaging, it's not nitpicking as such, but it's nipping it in the bud when you're suddenly thinking, 
what just happened? I need to have a conversation around that. Mm. And I mean, that's the other thing. I truly believe, I truly believe, and I've trained it for years, transparency, having good, solid, honest, open conversations, knowing how to do that, to raise an issue, enabling the other person to hear what's being said, which means you're, and it's a, and it's a great old phrase, and you'll know this one, seeking to understand before being understood. With that in mind, you can resolve so many issues so quickly before the tensions, the resentments, the aggravation builds. Nip it in the bud. Mm. It's not nitpicking. It's resolving something. Yeah. And it's and and you know, and as a leader, as a manager, it's saying that you've noticed something isn't quite right. You're not having a go, you're noticing and gives the other person the opportunity to say, do you know what? When you did, can we have a conversation about it? Now you yeah. can't you can't make people talk to you. Of course you can't, but you can give them the opportunity. Mm. That's an, that's another passion of mine, I have to admit. Yeah, yeah. That's no, brilliant. So, so where where do you get all this wisdom from? Then tell us a bit. Tell us a bit about your your story. And I know you are you are what you are you are wise. I mean, the conversations we've had previously, mm. you know, you, you've 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 got such a such a breadth of experience, and 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 you do come across as somebody who's very interested in other people and 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 curious. But so 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 definitely you are like that, Julie. So so um, but what's your story? How did you how did you get to 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 this this point in your in your life and wow. career? It's really interesting. Um, as I, so I describe myself as normal. <laughs> I'm perfectly normal. I'm nothing extraordinary. And I talk to people, and they're like, "Yeah, you're not normal." So I don't quite know what that means. <laughs> Take it as a compliment. Is. Take it as a compliment. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, how did it all start? It's very interesting because I left. I left the education system a long time ago, um, and I sort of went from almost being a straight A student to leaving the, the education system without a qualification to my name. Um, I left the school. I left. The school, it was a grammar school. Um, I was put in for my O-levels, GCSEs a year early, So, but I just just sort of went a bit AWOL. Um, and I left the school on Tuesday, got a job on the Wednesday, started work on the Thursday. And at the time, and I've worked ever since, and at the time, I could do calculations in my head quicker than people could do it on a calculator. And my answer would be right. And it became a bit of a party piece. So I ended up working in accounts. And I went right the way from bought ledger, sales ledger. And I ended up being, without the qualification, a management accountant. And then I went into financial accounts. And then something happened in an organisation that I was working for in London. And I basically thought, I don't, I just don't. It got so petty over five minutes of a lunch break. I thought, I don't want to be here. So I ended up getting a job as a retail auditor, gave me a company car, gave me freedom. I was out on the road. And what that led me to, and I've always, I've always been an individual who, if there's something not right, I will have a conversation. Now, I'm not saying I've always done that very well, <laughs> but I've always had the conversation. And I think that a lot of that comes from my mum, from my upbringing, of course, because that's where we get who we are from in the main. And I went out to become a retail auditor and that got me into the point where I'd go into a retail outlet and um, 
as an auditor, you're looking for what's wrong, basically, and then you write the report. And I hated looking for what was wrong, putting it into a report, which the manager then got hauled over the coals for. So what I used to do was go in, do the investigation, tell them what was wrong, help them put it right. (laughs) (laughs) So that by the time I wrote the report, it was already better than when I'd got there. So I started to support people in learning and doing things differently. And most of what I found, they just didn't know how to do the thing, whatever it was, because it was just so busy. From that, I went into... um, so financial background, I went into um, implementing the EPOS, which was new back in the day, the electronic scanning system, so electronic point of sale. And the cashiers in the, in the retail outlets went from you know, manual systems to a computer. Yeah, I'm, I'm old, by the way. This is a long time ago. Um, and it was when that first went in. So I was training, then training people on how to do things online and that really got me heavily involved in looking at how adults learn because I'd go in one day I'd teach the women in the cash office how to do the thing I'd go back like three days later and they'd forgotten because hmm. they, they just couldn't do it because they weren't implemented it so I started to learn about how adults learn I started to learn about how we change how we take on new things or don't and it got me intrigued and I <laughs> I used to, there was a um, learning development department, talk about me with a big mouth, and I knew they could do a lot of a better job because I used to work with the management trainees, mm. you know, um, and one of them left. And my friend said to me, who I could worked with colleagues, she said, well, now's your time, time to put your, you know, your body where your mouth is to apply <laughs> for the job. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I applied for the job and got given it. Now, clearly, my boss, well, my prospective boss, must have seen something in me or known something about me or knew about my reputation in the organisation that I could do it because I had no experience. And within a week, I was teaching management trainees. I got given the mat, the graduate trainees programme to run, mm. annual yearly intake. Yeah. I got given that to run. And within a week of me doing the job, I was actually, and I will never forget it, I was teaching the management trainees about managing conflict. Oh, and my head was it was just like, how can I be up here doing training people? Anyway, long story short, I'm I'm the type of person that if I am training something, coaching something, mentoring people in something, I have to do it myself. Mm. I'm not saying I have to do the nitty-gritty, but because I'm in the softer skills, so leadership and management. I have to be able to have the conversation. I have to be able to be confident in a in a meeting room. I have to be able to use assertion. You know, I have to be able to have a conversation with chief execs to frontline managers. I have to, because otherwise, how can I teach someone how to do that if I don't do it? So I have to be able to stand up for other people's rights. I have to be able to do that sort of stuff. So, of course, what that started was a whole realm of personal development for me. So I was this person this day, the next day I was that because I had to look at me to be able to train others. Mm. And I did that for, well, I've been doing that for over 30 years now. So I can't, and I'm constantly, I mean, my curiosity about how we tick as humans is endless 
my curiosity about how when we interact with others, you know, there's sparks fly or it just like dies. My curiosity about how all that works has, has been a bit of a quest for over 30 years, to be honest. Mm. And then in 2011, and then I did, um, oh, yeah, I've done NLP, I've NLP trained. I'm, I, I've done so much because I, I want to know how we operate because you know, within the leadership role of self and of others, we can destroy people when we don't lead well, mm. especially within business. And I look at people who don't lead well. Not only do they get ill, and that's why I wrote the book in March about stress, mm. when people don't lead well, don't have those conversations, don't walk towards a situation, don't set goals and standards and you know measures and whatever you want to call it, don't follow the strategic plan, don't even know it exists, many of them, they become ill because they then underperform. And somewhere in all of this mix that we we get in, we're held to account. We have to be held to account. So for me, conscious leadership, know why you do what you do and where you have to change the thing that you need to change for the positive to get the best result for you and for others Mm. because you can destroy people's lives. And I've seen it so many times. Mm. Mm. so many times yeah and it's scary it, in reality well it is scary and it's it's scary because you can do that through leading badly i.e by bullying or by being obnoxious or by being just too blunt and direct when somebody needs something different but by the same token you can do that by by not being honest and by yeah. and by allowing somebody yeah. to um almost to continue to struggle you know because 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 yes. you you know they're that they're finding it challenging they know they're yes. finding it challenging every day that that goes on you know potentially that there's more opportunity for them to to fail but not get the learnings from it not get the benefits from yes. it and and then yeah as you say that then can become a bit of a downward downward spiral yeah two two of the worst things i've seen um one was more recent than the other but I did a whole um, learning program, management development program with an organisation over three years. It was long. Um, and they they tested me to give them my best program. So I created all sorts of new programs that had never been delivered before for them specifically. And about three years after, maybe two years after the program had ended, um, I got called back in to do a piece of work with one of the directors. And I said, well, what, what's going on anyway? Got the story. Went to talk to the director who looked at me, in a female, in tears, and said, if I'd have done what you told me to do three years ago, I would not be in this situation. So to which my response was, what stopped you doing it? Mm. To which her response was, she wanted to be liked. She wanted to be nice. So by being nice and wanting to be liked, she actually hadn't led her team to do what the organisation required from that particular team. Mm. So the team was underperforming. 
The people in the team didn't really know what they were there to do because she hadn't communicated the, the message across. Um, she was underperforming. She was also really ill. I mean, seriously stressed. Right. Um, and there was there was all sorts of stuff going on for her. And so I had the conversation with her, went back to the organisation, to the HR department and said, you've got a duty of care here because this woman has been allowed to get into this position. Yeah. You know, the intervention should have been earlier. Um, and long story short, she, I, I said to them, she has to go off sick, mm. have to sign this woman off because she was so stressed. I wouldn't always say that because sometimes when you sign somebody off sick, you put them into with stress, you put them into the situation that's causing the stress. Yeah. But for this particular woman, work was causing a lot of the issues because she wasn't, she just wasn't managing. She was creating mayhem yeah. in reality. Yeah, yeah. So she went off sick. I had various conversations with her over a period of a few months and she actually never went back. She took early retirement. She was in her early 60s at the time. She took early retirement um, and became healthier and the organisation got better results but they were culpable as well. Mm. So it wasn't just her because they had a responsibility. And then the other one, and this, this has been more recent, um, I worked with a, a manager who had inherited a member of staff. You know, So we build our own team or we inherit what's there or we get given them, however that works. Yeah. And um, this, this particular woman had worked for the organisation for 17 years. She was a receptionist. She had initially worked, been direct line reporting to the managing director. Um, and she was a receptionist and she had admin duties. And she'd been passed over to this other manager to manage. And she couldn't use Word and she couldn't use Excel. Okay. 17 years. Wow. And I sort of, I, I, I worked out and I thought, how has that been allowed to happen on a very good salary, I will say? Mm. I thought, how has that been allowed to happen? And once again, so I'm talking to the manager about how do you manage this? But once again, I went back to HR and I said, you're culpable. You've, you've left a round peg in a square hole or a square peg in a round hole. She physically can't do her duties. You've allowed her to do that. Mm-hmm. And once again, I mean, they they paid her off. She left. But, and this is the but, and this is what really gets me, that woman was only in her early 50s. Mm. She wasn't an old person. Yeah. And she, actually, she may have even been younger than that. She'd worked at that organisation for 17 years. Her whole role had been admin, receptionist. Who was going to employ her? Mm. Yeah. And she was, she was a young woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who was going to employ her? Because they hadn't they hadn't done what was required from the responsibility of a you know of an organisation to allow that particular woman to be able to do her job. Yeah. She shouldn't have been in that position. She should not have been in that position. Yeah, yeah. I get really quite. I get I get so I don't know what the right word is angry at times, yeah. but. Why do people not lead appropriately? Why do they not manage appropriately? Yeah. They knew, did nothing about it. Yeah. So, so, so this this must be clawing at your values then for for, yeah. for for it to for it to get under your skin so much. I mean, because there is definitely a thing around 
you know, doing the right thing and 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 yeah. justice and and and, and yeah. compassion for people. And like yeah. I say, you know, that whole thing about be, being a leader and wanting to be nice and wanting to be liked. Actually, uh, be wanting to be liked. It is part of the human condition, isn't it? We all, we all, we all want to be liked, and uh, and but but it's a case of okay, in 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 what context and 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 what's the what's the right way to approach that? Because uh, because yeah, being liked, being respected, uh, being successful, uh, it's got to be aligned with what's right for that person and and what's right for that organisation. So so when you go into organisations now. How do you go about helping them to to sort of structure structure that or, or bring that in so it's oh. done in a, in a sustainable way? The honest answer is many organisations don't want to know, hmm. truthfully, because, okay, so I'm going to say two things. Rather than being liked and being nice, operate a name for being respected. Hmm. Because if you are respected, people will very probably like you mm. but in in reality it doesn't matter whether people like you or not as long as they respect you but by default you almost get the like if you go for the being liked and being nice you're probably not going to be respected you, you can be but it's a fine line but um coming back to your your question in reality many organizations that are i'm going to say established have got issues, they have. You can be a big organisation with issues or a small organisation with issues. And in reality, you have to work with the people at the top and get the people at the top to change, to alter, to adjust, to adapt. And if they won't do it, you're on a hide into nothing, mm. in truth, because they create the culture. So, yes, we can build the culture up, but in the main, for most organisations, the culture comes down. And generally, the bigger the hierarchy, you know, and my hands are sort of, for those that can't see, my hands are going apart. Yeah. The, the bigger the hierarchy with the different levels of, you know, positions and roles, the bigger that is, the harder it is because it get, it, there will be a block. Mm. And dependent on the culture of the organisation and dependent on the style of the chief exec, board of trustees, whatever level, um, people don't want to tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. And depending on how long they've worked there and they've got away with things, people don't want to tell them. Yeah, yeah. And then why and then why should people change? Because what's wrong? Mm. You know, it's been all right up to now. Who are you to tell me that you know this is this isn't working? Yeah, yeah. Well, look at your results. Absolutely. Well, also look at look at how you know, uh, this whole thing about being happy at work and and and, and that being a, a responsibility of organisations to 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 make to make work, you know, fun, enjoyable, rewarding, yeah. fulfilling, uh, you know, w- w- whichever whichever word best describes that that for you, because because you know you've got you've got uh, people who 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 want to come in and do a good job. Generally speaking, most people do, and uh, and and as a leader, yeah. it's all about creating that environment where 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 they can where they can do that, and uh, and what what we're seeing at the moment with um, 
I know it's been talked about for a couple of years now with the whole great resignation uh, and and people you know coming through the pandemic and making different decisions or reviewing where they are in life in a different way and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean the way the way I look at this is if I've got somebody working in in, in my business who's got a passion. It's about understanding what that passion is. It's about understanding that alignment between their passion and what the purpose of our organization is and where that individual's passion and the purpose of the organization kind of serve each other. You've got, you've got, you know, a, a really good recipe there for for, yeah. su- for success and all of those sorts of things. Uh, but yeah. where, where an individual's got a, got a passion that takes them perhaps a different direction, even if they're a really good employee in inverted commas, uh, you know, it, you're, 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 you have to help them to fulfill their passion in life. And if that then means them leaving the organization, then, then, you know, you've got to support that and, and don't let, don't let people leave your organization because you've neglected them or, or because they've become, you know, disenfranchised or, 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 or you know, disillusioned with, with, with what's going on. Let, let people leave because they, they really want to pursue what's important to them and, and, and make that kind of a, uh, make that the only acceptable exit, you know, that, 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 yeah. that, that you have in your organisation. Yeah, totally agree. I've seen managers hold people back because they're a good member of staff, so they don't promote them. They don't put them forward. They hold them back because they're good for them, mm. but that's not good for the individual. I mean, it is for a period of time, but then they need to be promoted. I have told people that I've managed in the past to actually physically leave the organisation mm. because their route in their chosen career has been blocked. Yeah. So I've said to them, look, go out, find a job in another organisation, and then at some point, if you want to come back, you come back in, but you come back in at a higher level. Because this level has is blocked. They're not going anywhere. Mm. They're happy where they are. Mm. And I've done that a few times. Yeah. And and you know, and people have left and have come back in over the people that have blocked them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's it's a it's it's taking an opportunity and you know, making that opportunity happen, creating the opportunity, and actually coming back to what I said right at the beginning, having that conversation yeah. with people. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And that, and it's important not to, uh, not not to not to shy away from from these these conversations because because they are vitally vitally important because the, yeah. whether, whether you talk about it or not, uh, you know p- p- people are people are thinking what they're thinking. Yes. Uh, it's still there just because you're not yes. talking about it doesn't mean it's not yes. happening. It it really yeah. is. And then actually, what then happens yeah. is people then get to create their own narrative, their own explanation. And if you want to be respected as a leader, you're running the risk of losing that respect by not having the conversation yes. more than by having absolutely. it. So yeah, absolutely. It, it, this the 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 conversation. The transparency of the conversation, and I've trained that into businesses for decades as well, is so it's vital. And I personally, I have to I have to remember I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, why aren't you having that conversation? It's really easy to have. But where I am is not where other people are. Mm. And they've not had the experiences or the practice or the or the training or the upbringing or the or whatever else it is they haven't got the chip on the shoulder that i've got that mm-hmm. goes just have that conversation yeah you know, it, it, it's I, I just 
I, I, I get a bit, I've done it now, I get a bit tongue-tied <laughs> when I'm thinking, but it's easy to have that conversation. And, of course, it isn't easy for everybody because mm. they've not done it before. It's a big step. So the practice, you know, the practice of having those conversations, even if it's with somebody else before you have the conversation with the individual, you know, and you can you can sort of think about, well, what happens if they say this or what happens if they say that or what happens if they say nothing? How am I going to handle it? So that preparation is sometimes you, you can do that and sometimes you just got to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're in a business and there's an ism going on, you know, sexism, racism, ageism, whatever the isms are, you have to have that conversation there and then. Yeah. Because the people that are around the person that's doing the thing have to know that it's not acceptable. So you have to have that conversation in the moment yeah. in front of other people. And that is a really scary prospect for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. It is. And also, if you... If you <laughs> So every day, every day is a school day, and and so you've talked about you've talked about your own personal development, and that there have been things that 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 I've I've um, I've I've done, or I've perhaps let go, yeah, and and I've had to come circle back round on that, and then actually have the conversation afterwards. Uh, and these aren't really bad things; these are just kind of almost. Um, well, actually, I said they're not really bad things. They're, they're not abusive things, but they're, but they're the way somebody has phrased uh, something in in, in, a, in a meeting, yes. or, or or you know, if you notice something, and and having that having that kind of emotional intelligence, both y yourself and in in your team. So, uh, so my hope is that is that is that people people in my team will be able to come and talk to me and say, "Did you notice this?" and that, and that could be either about something that I've said, or something about somebody else has said, and 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 I may or may not have noticed it, or it may drift through my subconscious back into my conscious. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I I I'm not at the time, no, but but now I have. Okay, so what what do you think the right way for us to approach this is then? And sometimes it's for me to have a conversation with somebody. Sometimes it's for somebody to have a conversation with me. Uh, yeah. and and you've got to you've got to be open to that uh, because uh because without that these little these little things they get in under the skin they get in under the, under the surface and and they do they 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 sort of potentially fragment the culture that you're working really hard yeah. to build i was listening i've i've not done much um uh simon sinek stuff uh, but i was listening to him on on a, on a on a he was being interviewed on a, on a on a podcast and he was talking about truth and he was talking about if truth is one of your values and, and trust is one of your values and if you have any situation where you allow even a little white lie to be told uh, either to a customer or to another member of the team or or, or whatever then um actually what you're doing is you're fundamentally undermining your own your own your own values and he said he said you know to so 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 try and go an entire day without telling a lie and and it's it's almost it's almost impossible he said and i've i've not tried to do this uh, but um but if you think about it those the, on on quite a detailed level there might be things that that you need to think about in your own way that you communicate with others and 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 the kind of culture you're trying to create that 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 don't 
that don't scan and and it, whatever it is for you, whether it's lying, whether it's uh, or, or you know whether it's integrity, whether it's um, nurturing, caring, whether it's honest feedback, whatever it is, um, you've got to use those uh, those opportunities to at the right time to to kind of gradually and incrementally build that culture that that, that is going to serve you. Yeah, absolutely. My highest value is honesty. Mm. So I don't lie. Mm. Um, and it's really deeply embedded in me. And don't get me wrong, I used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I lied like a trooper at one point in my life. Yeah. And I said, and you know, and as I've got older and as I've learned, I see what why? Just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to work out how to tell the truth. Exactly. So then you've got to learn how to what that means and why the truth means that to you. Yeah. Because we've all got different truths. I've been thinking about this with the um, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp mm-hmm. defamation trial that's going on. Mm. They're both, in their own way, telling their own truth. One of them has clearly not got the right truth, but mm. it's the truth to them. Mm. So it's it's you know maybe they've both got slightly different truths as such. So there's this whole thing when we're talking about truth and honesty and lying. It's around our perception of the truth and when you really dig down into that what is the truth Mm. because the truth is a a made-up thing but the truth is in reality the objective situation between two people and it's it's a case of who said what when how what were you wearing where were you it's the objectivity that is not influenced by the subjectivity so emotional intelligence at some points is around taking the emotion out yeah and looking at things objectively without emotional bias prejudice and anything else that goes with that yeah yeah and then the the biggest and and i've just thought about this as, as as you were saying what you were saying the biggest lie that anybody will ever say and they'll say it probably every day Whenever anybody says to them, how are you? And they'll go, I'm fine. Mm. And in reality, they're probably anything but fine. So that not only are they, not only do we, can we on occasions lie to others, we can lie to ourselves. Yeah. You know, so coming back to conscious leadership, it really is around, we don't lie. We look at the reasons behind the thing that creates the result. Why do we do that? So I I do not lie, and I <laughs> even when someone says something to me and I'm thinking, how do I answer that? <laughs> I'm I'm not going to lie mm. because that goes against my highest value, mm, mm. and I want me to be integral and in integrity with myself, yeah. let alone anybody else. Mm, yeah, which does mean because I don't want to lie. It takes me out of some relationships because I'm thinking if I want to stay here, then I'm going to have to accept stuff that I don't, I really don't like. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, you know, and you can, you can tell people the truth in a manner that where they can enable you, you enable them to hear it as well as you can. So really good feedback, which is an absolute art and a skill yeah, and a science in some respects. And if they don't want to hear it and they don't want to do anything, you've got a choice on what you do with that relationship. Yeah. And especially when it's a personal relationship. Yeah. And then you take that into work. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and that, and that, but that is integrity, though, isn't it? And especially yeah. knowing, because yeah, I suppose, I suppose part part of what what you do is you're looking to help people uh, to to be conscious leaders and and be them best selves. And and as you say, sometimes it's about uh, you know the, the 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 people that that say they want it, not actually really wanting it, and and not 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 buying it. You know, not not buying into the the, the concept of it. I suppose if you if you've got that approach and ethos with, with those relationships, with those business opportunities, with uh, with those potential opportunities to partner with other people, uh, then actually, that that value really helps you probably because it takes you away from scenarios where you could invest quite a lot of time, quite a lot of effort, quite a lot of energy, but actually not end up with any positive outcomes as a result of it. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah. part of life and business and, you know, relation, deciding what you're not going to do is as important, sometimes more important as deciding what you are going to do. So if your moral compass, if your yes. values are helping you to make those decisions, then then I imagine that's uh, that that's can cause a couple of difficult conversations every now and then, uh, but um, but actually it serves you and serves them better in the long run. Yeah, it does. And it's that whole thing. I was on a, um, a call this morning, a mentoring call, and the woman that was presenting some training material to us was talking about um, saying no. And I thought, I was sitting there thinking, I say no really well. I also say yes really well. And it, and, I, and it really took me back probably, I'm going to say, 25 years ago when I suddenly thought being able to say no and mean it, and it's that whole thing is pe- some people say no because they want people to try to convince them and influence them and persuade them because it's an attention thing. Mm. So some people say no when they really want to say yes, but they want people's time and attention to persuade them to say yes. And I and I recognised that a long time ago. And I thought, I don't want to be like that. I'm going to say yes if I want to do it. If there's an opportunity and um, it's got my name on it, I'm going to go, yep, I'm up for that. I'll do it. Give me the opportunity. Give me the chance. I'll do that piece of work, whatever it is. Or I'm going to go, no, that's not for me. And I'm not saying no because I want you to try and persuade me. I'm saying no because I'm not doing it. <laughs> Well, it's the truth. It's yeah, the truth, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a case of you can persuade me as much as you like. I've said no. Yeah. There is, and of course, before you, before I would say, once I'd realised that, I would find out the information to which enabled me to make the decision to say no. Mm. Because I began, no, it's going to take me ten hours a week, and I haven't got ten hours a week. Yeah. Um, and I think I learned that because one of my ex bosses was a yes man. And he would say yes to everything, and then he'd throw it on us. And I'm like, <laughs> tell your story. I, <laughs> he used to say yes. He'd come and throw it out at us as his team. And I looked at this stuff that was on my desk this day, and I thought, how on earth is all this going to get done by the deadline? Uh-huh. So I, I, I programmed it all out. I went into his office. <laughs> I said, can I have a conversation with you? I really want to share something. You've said yes to this, this, blah, 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 blah. These are the deadlines. How do you expect me to do all that? I physically do not have the time. And what I did, (laughs) what I did was I said to him, what are you going to allow me 
to say no to because he would then have to make the decision mm-hmm. and he'd said yes to everything. So he needed to say no to something. Yeah. And he, I always remember it. He said to me, he looked at me, he was a bit shocked, I have to admit. <laughs> and, he, and he said to me, you make the decision and let me know. <laughs> you you prioritise what you're going to say no to and let me know. And I said, and then you are going to tell the people that you've said yes to that it's not going to get done. And he, and he looked at me and nodded. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Fantastic. You've got, to have, you've got to have the, yeah, so this whole coming back to saying yes and saying no, know, what, know why you're saying yes and know why you're saying no. And then when you say one or the other, you're doing it with a conviction and the intent. Yeah. I'm not doing that and I can do that. Yeah, yeah. But you're doing it from a conscious position because you've worked out how to make the decision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, <laughs> and, and and when you get asked a question, sometimes you feel a pressure to answer it when actually uh, if you think about responding to it instead of answering it, it's a slightly different thing. Yeah. And uh, and so so yeah. yeah. And and so so how do, how would you when you say you're good at saying no, how 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 do, you, how do you say no then? I just say no. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, good. Well, see, it depends. <laughs> sometimes it is just as simple as saying no. Yeah. Not doing that. Brilliant. And sometimes you might want to say, no, that's not an opportunity I want to take, or no, I don't have the time. So sometimes you want to give a reason why you're saying no. Mm. And other times you're just saying no. Yeah. But it depends on the relationship it depends on the on the thing it depends on the opportunity depends on the person that you're saying no to because yeah. it will be an, a personal interaction mm-hmm. um yeah there's so, there's so much behind why you say no so i'm i'm contemplating i've been invited to an event um and part of me wants to go but part of me knows that it will be two days out of my life to listen to a few people that I've that I already know their stuff, but there's a few other people that I haven't heard, and it would be probably a good thing for me to hear what they're going to say. But then I thought, how do I weigh up? Because it is a two-day event. I don't know when anybody is speaking. How do I weigh up the use of my time? to go to the event versus the benefit that I may get out of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a contemplation mode at the moment about whether I'm going to go no. And then when I say no, I'm happy, and then I don't have that fear of missing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, but I'm weighing up what's the benefit of going versus the benefits of not going and can I get the information I want somewhere else yeah. and just saying this to you now I'm not going to the event right because I can yeah, easily yeah. yeah and it's two days yeah but then you've got to balance that up with the networking yeah that you may get at the event yeah, yeah. and knowing 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 yourself and coming back to where this whole th- conversation started so know, knowing yourself and 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 that self awareness and knowing what it is you're 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 going after because some because because some sometimes uh you 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 do have to uh 
make those say no decisions to yeah. enable you to focus on the thing that's really going to yeah. you know get you to where you want to get to and and if you've got a if you've got a purpose in life then the biggest risk to that is 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 if you're the kind of person that doesn't like saying no is 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 the distractions and and, and everything that can can knock you off yeah. course or consume your time when really you know you should be focusing on on that and i get a bit of feedback about fomo from my team and again that's another reason why having an open uh, culture is so important because it, you know if someone can say to me david is this your fomo coming out and that can just cause me to just just check and just reflect and okay yeah maybe okay well let, let's park it for now then and let's go on <laughs> so it just it just it's yeah. really helpful it's really really helpful to have others yeah. around you who can help you with that as well as knowing yourself because it's all it all iterates it all iterates it's, it's that whole thing when we go around in our own head and we go around in circles in our own head who are we talking to ourselves mm. it's always beneficial to be able to get out of your own head you know and when when you get to your know, chief exec type, you know, senior management level, chief execs, board of trustees, it can be actually very lonely because you don't always want to talk to the to your director's level, to the level under you, because you don't want to share that piece of information with them to ch- talk it through. And it's really beneficial for people, you know, see, well, anybody in, in reality, but senior people within business to have a coach or a mentor agreed somebody confidential that they can talk a situation through that is completely outside of their their remit and their business yeah but can i don't know ask them questions about the thing talk through the consequences of the benefits of the pros and the cons whatever that conversation might be and and many many senior position senior level people actually don't want people to know they have a coach and a mentor, Mm, mm. which I've always found a bit, oh, okay. But it's it's vital for them to have, regardless of whether they publicise it or not, for them to have somebody that they can talk through a situation with because it can be really lonely at the top. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, uh, and and there's a number of situations been in where having – uh, a coach or a mentor or a non-exec director yeah. who I yeah. who, who I've been able to speak with, just talk through a decision uh, has has been in, in, invaluable and uh, yeah. and it brings a diff- completely different perspective. And actually, yeah. the, the power of coaching actually is uh, is is just in, just incredible. Being asked those open questions, you know, what, why, when, how. Uh, you know, tell me those those sorts of questions uh, without any kind of agenda or any kind of lead, because yeah. You, you, yeah, you generally speaking, you know the answer deep down, or you, you know you've got a choice between two things, and uh, and it can just help you to carve that open. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's it's invaluable to be able to do that. It really is. Um, yeah, I. It, it's interesting because I've been, I've again, I've been coaching for over thirty years, and you know, when I first started coaching, it wasn't really very well known in the UK. It was big in Australia, it was big in the states. Mm. Even now in the UK, it's not as popular. Mm. I think people seem to feel it's a remedial action rather than a a positive action. A, you know, a support. The people that I have coached that have been sent to me because something's gone wrong. Yeah. It's just like, 
oh, please, you know, come to me before it goes wrong. Exactly. And you could stop it happening. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think there's a bit of a still a bit of a shift required in in society about the positivity of personal development. Yeah. You know, none none of us are the finished article. None of us are perfect. There isn't the perfect thing doesn't exist. Um, but how we get on with each other and how we develop and how we develop our own businesses or you know, our role, whether it's we want promotion within a business or whether we want to start our own business, it's invaluable to personally develop us because if if we want to do something different, we want to, I don't know, let's just go with we want a million pound in the bank, but we haven't got it now. We're not automatically going to get a million pound in the bank. And if we did automatically get a million pound in the bank, who are we to manage that million pound? Because we don't know, we don't know how to do it. Yeah. You know, and there's loads of examples of where people have got money and lost it all within months. Mm, mm. So we have to become, we have to become the person we need to be in the future to achieve what we want to achieve in the future. Mm. You know, I know everybody sort of says live in the now, but we can live in the now, but we've we've still got a future as well. It's 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 getting all that in balance. And what does the future look like? Yeah. You know, what do we want? Who do we need to become to achieve that while we're living in the present and enjoying life? And, uh, and uh, of course, our past creates who we are now. So we can't forget that. We can't, we can't, it's not going to disappear because that's why we are where we are. But mm. then how do we become what we need to be? Yeah, yeah. But we can't live in the past. We've got to live in the present, but with, with a name to what we want in the future. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Because uh, yeah, well, the yeah, the pre the presence where where stuff happens, isn't it? Uh, but but the the future is a pretty interesting place because because uh, yeah. that's that's because uh, really that is what I'm interested in is what's 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 going to happen next and 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 what what am I going to make happen next? So yeah. so definitely, it's a place to be interested in. Yeah, so look, I'm, I'm definitely interested in the future. Yeah, and I'm enjoying and I'm enjoying the now as well. So 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 what so what's next for you then? Oh, blimey. What's next for me? Um, I've got to get this product online. Right. That's, that's that's my focus. It has to be my focus. So yeah. what's next for me? It will be A, creating the product, getting it online, and then I'm going to do, I'm going to do a few mm. um, because decision-making in itself is a big thing. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the conscious leadership code, which is about intent, uh, intent, influence, and impact. So three eyes, um, and that all then spins off into all sorts of things. I'm going to do that. Um, I'm co-authoring a book, another book currently, um, called How the Working Title is How to Create True Wealth. Okay. Um, my podcast is still going, Conscious Leadership. It's content podcast. There's loads of content on there for Brilliant. people. Okay. Um, what else am I doing? Um. I think I think that's what I'm doing currently. Okay. Oh, you know, and I've still I've got a few I've got my properties and I um am mining crypto. Right. Okay. There you go. As you do. As why <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Hopefully it's um environmentally friendly crypto though. Well, actually it is funded it is so it is um offsetting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Jolly good is. then. 
Jolly good. Jolly good. What's it called? Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Okay, good. So, um, so Julie, we, we could talk. We could literally talk for hours. Yeah. I think we have been talking for about an hour. Yeah, I so, think we could, and we can carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 if I can just ask you a couple of questions, just to kind of, yeah. just to kind of round off, if that's okay. Yeah. So, so, who inspires you the most, and why? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay, there's a few. Right. Um, and they're not all alive, actually. Well, that's okay. Um, so I'm going to say my mum inspires me. Mm. She's not alive. Um, that woman was a force of nature. And the more the, the older I get, the more I realise how much of a force of nature she was. And I also realise how much she has given me. Um, and I'm realising that more and more as I get older. Mm. It's very interesting. Mm. Um, so my mum specifically and my dad, because they were like chalk and cheese, married for 69 years. Dad never raised his voice. He never shouted, never raised his voice, never just he didn't need to. So I, I respect, and he was a senior management within local authority. Mm. I respect him immensely and my mum, different reasons. So those, those two. Um, and then <laughs> um, who inspires me? John D. Martini inspires me a lot. Mm-hmm. That man is like a, a, I listen to what he says. I've seen him live. I've met him. The man says something and then like six sentences later, I'll call up with the sentence that he said that I'm trying to interpret. Yeah. So he inspires me a lot. And one very recently, and I say very recently, I've followed him for 10 plus years, is Rob Moore. Right. Um, the man gives so much to his community. So progressive, and I, I know you know him, mm. but um, I was he did an event yesterday, five hours online about you know, monetizing social media. The amount of value he adds to his community, clearly we pay him, Mm. the amount of value he adds to his community is phenomenal. And why do I respect him? Because I know he's learning this stuff and he is putting it into practice. So he's he's learning it, putting it into practice, he's earning income on it, but he's sharing it. Mm. And many of, many of, people in that level don't actually share the ins and outs mm. and, and Rob does. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually put a post on Facebook about it yesterday. Right, okay. um, so yeah, who else inspires me? There's a, there's, um, yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're probably the four I'd go for. And interestingly, apart from mum, there's not a woman in there. Hmm. Pretty significant, pretty that. significant woman though. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> yeah, she, definitely. So there you go. And and first and first out as well. So um, so yeah. yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. worry too much about the diversity quotient on who inspires you. <laughs> I mean, you, you've made it Thank more you. di- you've made it more difficult for yourself by going for more than one person. So you know. So if you'd have just said your mum, then then that would have been one hundred percent female, wouldn't it? Look at it like that. Yes. Exactly. So there you go. Twenty five percent. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so um, that but that that's all that's all really good, really good. And obviously, your values and and yeah. you mentioned both your parents, so so that's obviously playing forward in in what you do in the way that you do yeah. it, and uh, yeah, and, and providing a, a good foundation for how you help other people. So that 
that's just awesome. And so yeah. what's the most important lesson that you've learned? Oh, get out of your own way. Right. Just get out of your own way. You know, people aren't thinking about you. Mm. They're not looking at you and thinking that you're, you're daft or you're stupid or you're, they're just not. They're more, they're more thinking about them. So get out of your own way, design your plan, make it work because we all, every single one of us, we don't all start in the same place. We don't all start with the same privileges, but we can all do so much more than we do, all of us. So just get out of your own way. Don't believe you can rather than believe you can't because we can. We've got to believe it. Yeah fantastic well thanks for coming on the show Jill. it's been brilliant to Ooh, talk to you welcome. and to listen to you so uh before before we let you go can you just tell everyone how people can find out more about you and, and where they can find and follow your work you've mentioned a book that you've written give us some details about how people can find um, find out yeah okay more so about you. i've got i've got two books on amazon goal setting the practical how-to guide because we all need goals we're goal driven regardless of whether we know what they are or not we're goal driven and stress the reality um written specifically because of lockdown, the pandemic, because there's going to be a lot of issues coming out of this. Yeah. Um, and that's not a prediction of doom and gloom and despondency. It's fact. Um, and so on Amazon, um, podcast is Conscious Leadership. It's on all the platforms. And then if anybody wants to find me on social media, it's purely and simply Julie Hockbin. I'm on the platforms um, I've got a link tree on Instagram where people can book in a free conversation with me if they want to. Um, and actually, the links to the books and things are on there as well. So maybe Instagram and the link tree. Fantastic. Well, we'll put all those details in the show notes so people can find you. And uh, yeah, thanks once again for coming on. Oh, you're more than Julie, welcome, it's been David. Brilliant. Thank you for having me. Lovely. I've really I've enjoyed, enjoyed our it. chat. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Thanks for listening to People with Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye. Bye.